0: Have you ever wondered why so many businesses fail before they even start? We'll be talking about that today. Don't miss it. This is Business Bulwarks, hosted by business mentor and attorney Jonathan Yowse, who has facilitated over $1.2 billion in transactions, featuring special guest Levi McPherson. Here's your host, Jonathan Youssey. Today on Business Bulwarks, we're going to be talking about partnerships and business formation, with my guest, Levi McPherson. Levi is a master of what makes entrepreneurs and the companies they are involved in successful. By the time he was 19, he launched and sold his first venture. Before graduating from college, Levi had joined a group of investors who acquired troubled businesses and then made them profitable again. He was dubbed the turnaround king after he took a floundering manufacturing business that was nearly a half million dollars in debt and turned them into a debt-free, highly profitable company with less than a $50,000 investment. He's negotiated deals with Fortune 500 companies, including Walmart, HSN, DirecTV, Comcast, Cisco, and others. He has authored several programs and regularly consults on the topics of overcoming the engagement crisis, how to use social strategies to create growth, and how to win in a technology revolution. Welcome, Levi. Thank you, Jonathan. So, Levi Partnerships. Every business seems to have some sort of partnership. There are those few businesses where you're working completely alone, but even then you form strategic partnerships with others. So what goes into making a good partnership? So... What normally goes into
1: making a good partnership or what usually goes into making a good partnership? Well,
0: let's take those in turn because I think both of those questions are really important and we all end up there when we're forming a business, right? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, as you mentioned, I, I've been in a lot of different businesses.
1: Um, my my beginnings was actually in the turnaround space. So I'd go in to find a business that they had done it wrong. Um, usually what we'd find when we'd come across a troubled business is one or two key players that were there at the beginning of the process and they were really the driving force for the good components of the business. But then you had individuals that, again, they were there just because they were at the beginning of the party. You know, they were part of that initial conversation. And so when we go into a turnaround, oftentimes what we'd do is we would buy the wrong partners out and retain the good partners. Um, So, because Again, they were the ones that were contributing the most value to the partnership.
0: sounds like we need to be really careful with the partners we select. To me, I'm looking at that, and I know on my end, you know, having worked in the courts and out of the courts to resolve conflicts between partners, when they come to that point where they're at loggerheads and they're fighting with each other, some of these issues have come up and they are just crystal clear right in your face. Oh my gosh, how am I going to keep going forward with this partner? It started off really well. But now I'm doing all the work, and they're not there, or we have like a completely different way we want to go about the business. How do we resolve this? And part of what you're saying, it sounds like, is that we've got to be very intentional about that from the beginning, not just whoever was there in the first discussion, but who's going to execute this business going forward. Absolutely.
1: You know, I've looked at um, the businesses that we've gone in and we turned around, and then, as you know, I've started some businesses on my own. And uh, I find that there are different value sets for why you will select a partner or not. Um, typically, those value sets are, you know, maybe they bring money to the table. Maybe they're a financial partner. Um, maybe they bring a specific skill set that, that you don't have. Um, maybe they, they just bring that, that level of synergy. You know, sometimes you'll see in businesses, uh, you'll see, you know, sometimes they talk about the two men in the box, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got one guy that's out there in the forefront and he's kind of the public face, but there's always somebody in the back. And oftentimes that guy is either the the sounding board or a lot of times he's the systematizer. He's the one that organizes everything behind the, the background. And while he may not have that public persona, he is invaluable to that business. So there's a lot of reasons why you'll select a business partner. And there's a lot of reasons for not having partners it it really a lot of it depends on what type of entrepreneur that you are are you the type that you can go it on your own or are you the type of business um entrepreneur that needs to have someone to share the pains and the woes because as as you know entrepreneurship is hard it's it's you know it's a lot of work there are really high highs and sometimes it just sucks sometimes there are really hard times that yeah. that you go through
0: yeah Yeah. And a business set up poorly can be the gift that keeps on taking. I've seen that, you know, kind of a little tongue in cheek there. But really, when you set up a partnership, when you set up a business, we've got to look at a lot of things. One of them is longevity. Okay, where is this business going down the road? What is it going to do? Who do we want to be doing what in one year, two years, three years? Are you building this business to be your baby for the rest of forever, or is this going to be something that you scale up and then sell? Planning for the exit of a partner right from the word go is something that's important as well. And not only that, if we don't agree on things, how do we resolve that? Can we agree on how to disagree from the word go? So... I'll
1: address that one a little bit in in, in the first question, and, and that's the um, scaling a business. Um, every business has a, a life cycle, and not only of that it has different phases. Just like we have phases when we're when we're growing up, you know, we go from infants to obnoxious teenagers to you know adults, and so on and so forth. And um, believe it or not, there are different types of partners to get you to different levels. Not everyone is a great startup person. Um, not everyone is good at growing the company. You'll see this a lot out in the um, in the business space. That you'll see people that started businesses together and they were solid partnerships, and then right before they get ready to go to IPO, suddenly um, it, there's like a fallout. You'll you'll see uh, you know some of the partners they're just not prepared for that big brother um, for that overseeing eye of okay now we 're going to have to do business completely different yep and so so planning your exit before you get into a business is is pretty critical because if you know if you 're true with yourself and you know what type of entrepreneur you are, then you can better communicate that with your with your business partners, you know, for example, myself. I'm really, really good at going into an existing business and seeing what's wrong, what's right, and how we can fix the process. Startups, I happen to be very good at uh, conceptualizing things, but it's, it's a lot more challenging because you don't have the ability to see what's working. And I can scale a business to a certain point, but I personally don't. I'm one of those that I actually don't like the IPO phase. I don't like when businesses get too big. And so if I was going into business with you, for say, and your vision was to take this thing to you know publicly traded business, I would just let you know, hey, Jonathan, I'm going to scale this to this size. And at that point, I'll, I'm, I pretty much, I'll be on to the next thing. So I'll well, need to be bought that, out that time. And
0: that's so important because that kind of conversation because you know, I could hear people listening to this going like, "Look, oh my gosh, there's so many things to think about, and I just want to get an idea off the ground. This is overwhelming. It doesn't need to be. The good news for the listener here who's thinking about their business is these are just issues to spot. These are issues to look at and say, okay, uh, what's my baby going to be when it grows up? I'm growing this business. What kind of relationship do I want to have? And so if that was the case, going back to your example – where you don't want to be there at the IPO uh, stage, well, okay, what does that exit look like? What does that exit look like? Because even funding can be complicated by partners that aren't set up right. And when someone comes and looks at your business and says, okay, we want to give you this growth capital to get to that next level, if they see a relationship that they're not comfortable with, that can scare off funding as well. There are a lot of different stages along there that you have to look at. And I think it's not inappropriate to talk in that initial meeting with the partner. Okay, what if this doesn't go right? What if you and I are grinding it out? You know, let's say it's a brand new startup. You left a, a, a high-paying job to come be here. What's your role going to be? What's my role going to be? And let's say a year from now it's not going well. Let's say that I really want to take the, the business in one direction and you want to take it another. How are we going to resolve that? And having that good face-to-face communication with a human being be- when things are really exciting at the beginning of a business and being honest about that and being very candid about that, I think that's really healthy. And I see a lot of people in my office where I think, gosh, if they would have just had that human communication right up front and say, okay, if this doesn't go well, what does our exit look like? Or if I'm going this direction and you're going that direction, how do we do this without us like being enemies or without us – being so contentious at the end. That can save a lot of time and trouble because who wants to get involved in that? You want to grow businesses. You want to be successful. We don't want to get involved in in needless fights or in a situation that we look at as, as, as just a trap. So I totally agree with you there, Jonathan, that um, if we would just
1: communicate up front, then we could avoid... The, the blowout dragout problems that you see a lot of times in businesses and it's and it's funny you really can draw the comparison between business partnerships and marriages mm-hmm. um, you know sometimes people are in it and they're just committed for for the relationship. sometimes people are just committed to the business and
0: and there's completely different visions on what the business is going to be Well uh, a lot of times you see people that that they fall for the romance of it and they didn't think through the particulars and and sometimes there's different visions
1: not only that um but one thing that i see a lot because i i consult a lot of startups um i see a lot of people that because they're unsure of themselves when they're putting together a business they they bring on partners because they're scared that they can't do it on their own right so it's basically everybody that was in the room at the time that I'm launching the business, suddenly they're all partners because, well, maybe, maybe Wes knows how to do it better than I do, or maybe he can solve this piece of the puzzle. And that's where you see, I mean, even, even huge successes like uh, Apple's a prime example, the Apple story. You know, there were a bunch of guys that were there when it started, but as it scaled and as, as it started to grow... There were individuals that were in the room at the time that it started, that are now not really justifying that equity
0: position. But see, no one wants to get thrown off the bus. So how how do you have that conversation? I mean, realistically, because you know, if we have a business, we're really excited to do it. Maybe we've taken a big personal risk. We quit a job, or we we forego other opportunities. The last thing thing we want is to think that oh, gosh, I could end up becoming irrelevant because as the business scales, m- maybe I'm not needed or maybe the business takes on a life uh, of its own which is bigger than I originally wanted to be prepared for. So on the front end, it's you're having that conversation, looking at that you know, discomfort, how would you suggest people deal with that? So a couple things. Um, one, before,
1: before you ever even divvy up ownership, uh, the conversation that you need to have is that okay what what components do we have right this is This is the picture of the business we 're trying to create, but what do we have and what are we missing? Meaning what skill sets um, we have in, in um, I do a training on how to um, how to make partnerships profitable or how to make businesses profitable and I always say that there are six there's six profit centers that every business, every venture has to have. Uh, you always have to have the right people involved. You have to have the right resources. You have to have the right opportunities. You have to have the right funding. You have to have the right information and the right technology. That just happens to follow the neat little packaged acronym of the word profit. But the point of that is, is that at the very beginning of your venture, if you know you're missing some of those components, then you need to have the conversation with those that are in the room and say, look, we're going to need to reserve a chunk of equity to attract other partners. I believe that right now in this process, we don't have the full mix. We don't have all the right people on the bus. We don't necessarily have uh, the funding that we need. And so if if we're going to get those as we grow, because we will need those, then everyone needs to to be um, comfortable at the beginning saying, look, this is just an idea. And, and this, is, this is going to sound a little bit harsh, to be honest with you. Um, a lot of times when we're in that start mode, we think our idea is the greatest thing in the world. Like yeah. no one else on the planet has ever thought of anything as cool as this. And so we're going to be rich. We're going to be millionaires or billionaires. And the reality is anybody can come up with good ideas.
0: But it's really something special to execute. That's right. To be able to take that, to take it to market, to be reliable about delivering it to people. It's one thing to take an idea and have an idea. It's another thing to own an idea. And I think that's so very critical. And getting that commitment from your partners, right from the word go, that we're doing this thing, we're going all the way. And that's going to require a little bit of humility Mm -hmm. for everybody there, that we're going to look at this and not just be self-serving, we're going to try and create something beautiful here. We're going to execute and make this thing go to market. I can tell you in my, in my legal practice, one of the things I see again and again and again is people making decisions, not necessarily out of what would be a really great successful decision, but out of what they're afraid might happen. And that's okay. a bad spot to be in. Even in the formation of a partnership, if we start off with you know everybody kind of trying to protect their little piece, it sets up a bad relationship, i found. And I think that these kind of conversations, even though they're uncomfortable, they really are the reason why most businesses don't succeed right from the word go. It's not that there wasn't a great idea. It's not that there isn't really intelligent people behind it or that funding wasn't available. At least not initially, that's not the problem. The idea of getting the thing up operational and executing in a way where we're delivering this thing out to the public and actually helping people with our product or service has to do with, do we have a team that's ready to execute on the value proposition that is our business?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would say one other component that um, I just thought of while you were talking. And that is that there is a difference between commitment to the relationships and commitment to the business. And there comes a point in in time in every business where you have to ask the question. You have to treat the business as if it was a separate relationship. Right. And ask the question, what's best for the business? Because now the business isn't just us four guys in a room um, talking about our business, and it's not just us four guys wearing all the business hats. Now we've got hundreds of employees And they all rely on this business for an income to provide their livelihood. And so we have to ask ourselves at at, at that juncture, am I the best for this business at this point?
0: Well, it reminds me a little bit of the Ben and Jerry story. I don't know if you've listened to that one, but it's an interesting story about a business of two guys that just started making ice cream. And if I remember right, they, they, they kept making the ice cream more and more flavorful because one of them didn't have a very good sense of smell. And you know the partner who, who did have the good sense of smell was a little worried, like this is going to be gross. I mean you're like almost 2 timesing the flavor. Well, people loved it. And it went crazy, and it began to scale and began to grow. And as it entered that IPO phase, there were other partners that came into the business. And one of the conversations that I remember from the book that happened in the boardroom is there was this idea of, okay, what is this business going to be when it grows up? And and one of the original partners felt like, we're losing the soul of the business. We can't do this. And that question was ultimately resolved. But in that conversation, one of the new partners who was there was very frustrated and said, hey, has it ever occurred to you that maybe some of us want our dreams to come true? Yeah. Maybe we dove into this, and we're taking it up to that next level. We want to see our dreams come true. So there are so many different things that you can look at in forming partners and, and partnership, and there's tons of resources online, no question. I would advise, my advice to anybody, is educate yourself about it. Not necessarily... Are you going to find one definitive source that's going to say, hey, do it this way? But at least you can know what are the issues. As I look down the sheet, as I look at these different websites, what are the things I see coming up again and again and again? What are the things I need to know? I'm a big proponent, and I know Beehive Startups also is a big proponent of getting educated about the process, making sure we know what we're doing. I think a lot of businesses fail because they don't know what they don't know. They haven't even started that.
1: So you mentioned something in in the processes that that trigger something in my mind. Um, I'll never forget uh buying one of my first businesses, and we um we were in a room we all had brought our we had all brought our checks um and our attorney at the time, our business attorney, said, "You know, um before we do this, um you need to understand I've been in this room." countless times with entrepreneurs and there's going to come a point in time when all of you don't feel the same way about the business or about one another so the reason why we're setting up these legal mechanisms is because there it is a reality it's not just a an if there is going to come a point in time when when everyone feels different right now you know we all think you know we're all happy and we love one another because you know what you know. Jonathan's so smart and he's solving this problem for us, and, and I and I'm just a hard worker and I'm bringing this right. But there will come a point in time, and so I actually am a huge advocate of legal mechanisms mm-hmm. of putting in place the right contracts, understanding okay how much equity do we all need to hold at the beginning, how to own things in the right the right percentages. At what point are we going to free up those percentages to lure other other partners, other assets, other entities, so that we can continue to grow the business?
0: Yeah. And am I willing to let new ideas and new people come in, which may change the direction of this business? It's good to know that about yourself. You know the old quote from Shakespeare, this above all to thine own self be true, right? Sure enough... If you feel so invested in this idea that you really, really do not want it changed, and maybe it's like uh, you know yeah. a, a social responsibility idea, for example, well, you might want to think about a different format than partners. Maybe you want to just be a solopreneur on that for a while. Maybe you want to look at setting up contracts that look like partnership but actually are not, that are terminable, profit-sharing. You name it. Sure. I, in fact,
1: um, while you're talking about that, I, I've done that a lot in in my business um, where I've made a shift from going full partnership, everybody's on board, we're all part of the C-Corp, to joint venture partners where I still maintain control of, of what's valuable to me and the value that I contribute, but you now maintain control of what you contribute. Right. So... Having those types of conversations because it doesn't necessarily always have to be all in. It doesn't have to be we're all on the same boat to necessarily be a good venture and to be profitable.
0: Okay, so then what's the good news about partnerships? We've talked about all these little, you know, potholes you can step in, but partnerships are so valuable. Obviously, they are. People wouldn't be doing this at the level that they are, they wouldn't be finding their partners and building things together. What do you think are the advantages of partnerships and why, why should people invest in partnerships?
1: So that is an excellent question. Um, There's a word that was overused in the nineties, but I still think it's extremely valuable. And, and, And for me, the most valuable component of partnerships is synergy. It's where one plus one doesn't equal two. One plus one equals three or five or seven or a mm. thousand. And I have discovered in my own ventures that when I have the right partners, there's no way on the planet I could accomplish on my own what I can accomplish with those partners. That the opportunity to challenge one another, to gain an alternate perspective, um, to create something that's unique only to that group of individuals. Um, I mean, I truly believe, and you look at the, the largest companies, the largest companies grow with partners. Mm-hmm. Everyone plays a different instrument in the orchestra, and that's why, why partnerships are so valuable.
0: Well, I, I think partnerships are really, really valuable in the sense of the development of culture of a company, There's that initial signature that's on the business and creating something bigger where the sum is greater than the whole of its parts. And that happens in partnerships where we are able to create something that's bigger just than the two of us, an idea that took something. I like the idea as well of just not having to take it all on your shoulders, not having to be the one that's responsible for everything, having other people invested in the idea. There is a security to that, to knowing that you're not alone in the business. Some people don't need it. Some people really do. I think there's a brilliance that comes when we're committed to something that's outside the two of us. There is this business like you talked about. It's got a life all of its own. It's like a third person. We know in the law, it is considered legally as though it were a third person. I like partnerships. I think it's so critical that people... Understand the value of working with and leveraging the relationship up to new results. Levi, thank you for being here with us today. How can people get a hold of you? So honestly, best way
1: uh, you can Google me. Um, I own my space. My LinkedIn profile will come up first. So connect with me there, and uh, love to love to talk to any entrepreneur who wants to make a difference in their business and in the world.
0: Thank you, Levi. And thank you for joining us on Business Bulwarks. So happy to be a part of making your business more successful in any way I can. Until next time, keep your head up and your feet down. Visit our website at businessbulwarks.com to submit your question to the show. Business Bulwarks is a legal and business education podcast. It is not meant to give legal advice, but to educate on legal and business topics. Ask your attorney if you have questions.